every time I take a foreign trip or mission trip, it's always good to get back to the United States. I remember the first mission trip I ever took. I had been gone for eight weeks. My son and I got off the airplane, and I and uh, I didn't kneel down and kiss the ground, but boy, I was sure glad to be back in the U.S. Uh, I love America. I'm proud to be an American citizen. I don't believe that we as a nation do apologize for the freedoms that we have. We certainly, the foundation that has been laid is significant, even as we saw in the video this morning as we talked about the things even in our own nation's capital. But on, but, there's always a but, uh, but on the other hand, uh, as one person said it, morally, uh, as a nation, we're going to hell in a handbasket. And uh, those, those things do concern us. Those things do uh, break our hearts in the sense that we, here we are, believers and Christians, seeking to do what is proper and right, and many of those things are being undermined and certainly eroded away. Uh, as, a, as a citizen of the U.S., as well as a believer, uh, we, must, we, we must uphold our country in prayer. We must uphold our leaders in prayer. We must participate as God leads you. Maybe there is a political office or a political position that God would want you to be in. You need to prayerfully consider that, just as any individual would prayerfully consider going or being in the ministry or in the military or a nurse or a school teacher, as God would work in your heart to lead you to those things. But, but above being a citizen of the United States of America, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer first. That's where my foundation is. That's where I begin begin from or start from. My point is that patriotism, patriotism is great, but it's not enough. Edith Cavell, she was a British nurse uh, killed by the Germans uh, firing squad in World War One. Let me read this story to you. When nations are engaged in deadly strife, it is common for patriots to declare that he who gives his life for defense of his country may be certain of a home in heaven because of having made supreme sacrifice. This teaching is in accord with principles of Muslim religion, but not with Christianity. Muhammad promised his fanatical followers a place in paradise if they died for the faith in conflict with the infidels who rejected his teachings. Patriotism is a virtue of which any man may be well proud. But patriotism, praiseworthy as it is from the human standpoint, will never fit the soul for the presence of God. It can never wash away the guilt of sin. The testimony of Edith Cavell, the brave British nurse who was killed by the Germans during World War I, is worth considering in this connection. Edith was born in England on December 4, 1865. She entered the London Hospital for Nurses' Training in 1895. In 1907, she was appointed first matron of the, of the Birkendale Medical Institute of Brussels, Belgium. This became the Red Cross Hospital in Belgium at the outbreak of the conflict in 1914. From August of that year until August of 1915, Nurse uh, Cavell 
helped to care for wounded French, Belgium, English, and German soldiers alike. She ministered faithfully even to those who had fallen while fighting against her own nation. Naturally, her sympathies were with the Allies. In cooperation with the efforts of Prince Reginald, she aided many English and French soldiers who had fled from the Germans. These escaped by underground methods to the Dutch frontier, where, with the aid of guides, they were conveyed across to Britain. When some of these fugitives were traced to her house in Brussels, she was immediately arrested and after court-martial was sentenced to face a firing squad. All her kindness to the German wounded was forgotten. Her captors considered her a spy and treated her accordingly. Just before the blindfold was placed over her eyes as she stood fearlessly facing the soldiers who were about to take her life, she gave a last, minute to, a last message to the world. She said, I am glad to die for my country, but as I stand here, I realize as never before that patriotism is not enough. Then she went on to give a clear, definitive testimony of her personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and her assurance of salvation, not through laying down her life for others, but because he, that is Christ, laid down his life for her. In perfect composure, she submitted to the blindfold, and in a few moments of few moments, she was pierced by many German bullets. Her words, patriotism, patriotism is not enough, has spoken loudly many in the years that have gone since she died a martyr for her conviction. What more is needed, you may ask? The answer, of course, is Christ. It is through faith in him alone that the soul is saved and heaven assured. Patriotism is definitely not enough. I'm glad to die for my country. Just as I stand here, I realize, as never before, that patriotism is not enough. Youth Cabell. So what is the answer? The answer is Christ. Turn to John 14, 6. It's always good to talk in somebody else's words. And this is, this is his words himself. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The explanation. The I am. Uh, there's uh, several I am's throughout the book of John. There's four primary I am's. And as he spoke there in the book of John, remember the book of John is written to the world, but yet his message many times surrounded those who were Jewish in uh, descent. When he said I am, they knew exactly what he was talking about. He was identifying himself with God from the Old Testament. When Moses was at the burning bush, he said to God, he said, who, who, who do I tell them that sent me? And the answer God gave him was, you tell them I am that I am sent me. So every time that he identified with the I am, he was uh, claiming his deity as the Son of God. So he says, in this, I am the bread of life, I am the door to the sheep, I am the good shepherd, those all I am. So every time he mentioned that, he was calling attention, in fact, of his deity, that he was the Son, indeed, the Son of God himself. So he said, I am. Jesus did not come to preach the gospel. He himself is the gospel. John 8.24 says, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. So first of all, Jesus alone, as it says, is the, is the way to God. Jesus alone is the way way to God. Acts chapter 4, verse 8 to 12. 
Uh, Peter had uh, boldly proclaimed before the Sanhedrin. He had been arrested for uh, healing a, 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 a lame man, paralytic. And as he was tried before the Sanhedrin, he boldly proclaims them. He says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for a good deed done in a helpless man, by what means he has made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is a stone which was rejected by your builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. See, Jesus alone is the way to heaven. Just a, just a note that it was interesting that in the book of Acts, the Christians were first called members of the way. Because Jesus was the way. He alone is the way to God. John, uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 1 and 12, Saul's persecution of the Christians. He found any who were of the way. He persecuted them. Then in Acts chapter 19, Saul now has suddenly become Paul. Paul was ministering in Ephesus. He faced opposition. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way. See, Jesus is the way. He, he alone is the way to God. I'm the way. Secondly, Jesus alone is the truth of God. As he says, I am the way, I am the truth. Jesus alone is the truth about God. In John chapter uh, 1, verse 14, that was a great verse. John chapter 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and we find out, well, who, who is this Word talking about? Then you get down to chapter, down in the chapter, uh, Jesus himself is personified as the truth in the flesh. And the Word became flesh. What Word became flesh? We're talking about Christ. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He is the truth about God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 5, the gospel is defined as the Word of truth. See, Jesus is the way to God. He is the truth about God. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, people are saved when they come to the knowledge of the truth. For this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. See, I am the way to God, and I am the truth about God. But not only is Jesus the way, the truth, but also Jesus alone possesses the life in God. John chapter 3.16, a familiar verse, many of you have memorized. He is a source of life, everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus alone is the life in God. John chapter 6, verse 68 and 69, he has the words of life. Many followers left Christ. He asked those who remained if they would leave, but Simon speaks up and says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to behave, believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's not only the source of life, he is the words of life, but also he is the light of life. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to, the, to them saying, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, darkness but has the life of light. He's the light of the light, light of life. John 10, verse 10, he is the giver of life. 
Jesus identified himself, I am the, I am the door to the sheepfold. And he concludes with this comparison. The thief, that is Satan, does not come except to steal, to kill, to destroy. I have come that they may have life. See, Jesus alone is the way to God. Jesus alone is the truth about God. Jesus alone is the life in God. Now, but there is an exclusiveness about Jesus. And this is where a lot of people really struggle. I'll explain that in a minute. But no one comes to the Father but by me. Well, Pastor, how, how, how can you be so, how can you say that? Surely there's many ways. I'm using the words of Jesus himself. And if you're here this morning and you do not know Christ as your personal Savior, I say this to you as lovingly and compassionately as I can. In Jesus' own words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There is only one way to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ plus nothing. He alone is the way. Today we're in our society, we're, this is not obviously politically correct. We have tolerance is certainly a evil that we uh, come up against. Tolerance by simple definition. Tolerance is unacceptable for you to tell others they're wrong. That's tolerance. The point is, they tolerate everything until you disagree with them. Then tolerance doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. But this is the type of thing that's being permeated in our society, in, in, in your television programs, your, your textbooks, your, your daily talk and, and, and conversations is tolerance. Unacceptable for you to tell others they're wrong. Now you, again, speak the truth in love. Be loving as kind as possible. But you do still need to speak the truth, for he himself, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Pluralism. These are world religions are true and equally valid in their communication about God, the world, and salvation. There's many ways to heaven. No single outlook to explain or view reality. Pluralism. And relativism. Of course, there is no absolute truth. Morality, religion, are relative. That people embrace them. For that's why my point is that John 14:6 is not politically correct in our country today and in many countries around the world. For you to say in the words of Jesus Himself, when He said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life; no man comes to the Father but by Me." There is only one way. Participating in communion won't get you to heaven. Coming to church won't get you to heaven. Being a good guy won't get you to heaven. Even being religious, reading your Bible, will not get you to heaven. It's Jesus Christ plus nothing. As he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. John 3.36, John the Baptist explains to his followers, I'm not the Christ. I'm a messenger sent to bear witness of him. And he concludes with these comments, he says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. First John, or First Corinthians 3.11, Paul explains the foundational truth of the gospel, Jesus Christ. He says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
There's other, others that may speak louder, they may be argumentative, they may pound their feet and just say, you cannot say that. Being loud and angry doesn't make you right. You've got to go back to the Scriptures, what Jesus said himself. For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father by me. See, patriotism is not enough. What is needed is a clear, definitive message of Christ. He is the only difference maker. Jesus Christ is the only difference maker. Your life needs to be a clear and definitive message of Christ. Your words need to be a clear and definitive message of Christ. Your behavior, your actions need to be a clear, definitive message of Christ. Your marriage needs to be a clear, definitive message of Christ. Your parenting, or if you're a child, your obedience to your parents needs to be a clear, definitive message of Christ because he is the only difference maker. And he has seen fit to take you and I and put us in that place here in the United States. We weren't born in Bangladesh or India or Brazil. He's put us right here in the United States, in Naples, Florida, to make a difference. And, the, and patriotism is not enough. The great difference maker is Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that will make a difference. Wouldn't it be awesome for a great awakening to happen in the U.S.? Is it possible? Yes. But it's going to have to start with you. Your life and your words need to have a clear, definitive message of Jesus Christ. Or even if God would see fit to allow you or me or us to participate even if it was a small pocket of a great awakening, to see people's lives come to, the people's lives change because of Christ, to see believers that do know Christ proclaim Christ to walking in obedience to his word. Patriotism is good, but it's not enough. We need a clear, definitive message of Christ. He's the only difference maker. In 1994, there was a $500,000 project to refurbish the Washington Monument. And when they're in the lobby, they had some wainscoting made of marble. came up so far in the wall. And in refurbishing the Washington Monument, they took off the paneling, this marble paneling off. And behind the paneling, these, this is the words they found. Whoever is the instrument under God in the conversion of one's soul erects a monument to his own memory more lofty and enduring than this one. This is written in the lobby of the Washington Monument. And in the, when they went and remodeled the or renovation, they took down the paneling, and this is what they found. They found other scriptures written, some other things. Listen, we are here, much like Esther, in the Persian court for such a time as this. 
you and I have an incredible, incredible opportunity to make a difference because of Christ. A clear, definitive message of Christ and Christ alone. Has bought a nice close as we pray. Father, we know that there are many here who are thinking of burdens for their own family, neighbors, family members, co-workers. And Father, we pray that you'll, even as Paul asked, as he wrote to the believers at Ephesus, they would pray for him for boldness as well as to have the right words. And Father, I pray that you will give us the boldness. We have a message that can change lives for eternity. A message that is clear, precise. We pray for the convicting moving of the Spirit of God as he takes the Word of God and drives home the the changes that need to take place in each of our lives. But Lord, we have we have the message of truth, the message of life, the message that will provide a way, the only way to get to God is through Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that even as we're here uh, and as we go out, that this message may not be something, oh, that was nice, but the Spirit of God will take it and help it to ring through our ears through the week and through the year that is ahead. Indeed, Lord, you know we do love our country. We are so thankful for the mercy and grace that you have bestowed upon us and the great foundation that we have with our founding fathers and even the founding on the truths of the Scripture. But, Lord, I pray that you will help us not forget that the truth of it all is Christ. Help us to present that clear and definitive message of the only difference maker, which is Christ himself. With head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning, no one looking around, I would not embarrass you. But if you're here this morning, and you say, Pastor Ken, I do not know what you're talking about. I don't know about the salvation. I don't know about ever accepting Christ as my Savior, but I'd like someone to show me from the Word of God how to be saved. After the service, I'll talk with you. I'll have someone show you from the Word of God how to be saved. Is there anyone like that? Please feel free to come up and speak to me. This has happened after many services. and individuals come up and said something to me about it, that they'd like to talk to me about this. I've shown them from the scriptures or had someone show them. If you're here this morning, certainly do not put it off. Secondly, if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Ken, pray for me, that you will help me, that God will help me to give a clear, definitive message. Father, I pray and thank you, God, for America. Thank you for the privilege of being able to gather for worship. Thank you for the songs that we've sung, the participation communion itself. Indeed, Lord, I pray that we will boldly proclaim the message of the cross. In Jesus' name we pray.